Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your blood and guts review. Dominic Mysterio is wearing gold G1 nights one through four reviewed and FTR with Bull Club Gold with an absolute banger. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. See, you got it. It's just like riding a bike. Uh, I didn't think I didn't have it. Just a lot to talk about. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Crispin. Why the fuck? <laughs> and sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? <laughs> yeah, I've been saying what the fuck a lot lately. We that. That's well appropriate. Once again, vice, kudos, tip to the hat, per usual. Great shit. Oh, what the fuck is right? I'll just leave it at that. On that lovely note, I'll ask their congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 317, Chapter 3, Verse 14. In the, jap- in the good smart say it, hashtag who the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. Caught up with everything. It's it's hard work, but I love it. It's so much to talk about, like you said. I'm ready to go do some work. Let's do this shit. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Three Beers Act. Pullman, what's going on, Three Beers Act? BFR West is in the house. Broken glass everywhere. Mm-hmm. If the magic getting bloody, my just don't care. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> How are things out there, homie? I just finished Blood and Guts, so hence the uh, intro. But, uh, yeah, it's so hard to catch up with things. I've uh, been busy, uh, but uh, watched almost everything I don't, so far. And go ahead. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know how anybody does it without being able to watch it while they're working. So, uh, like, I have a cheat code. It's just not fair. Um, but I do appreciate the time that everybody has put in. Hey, guys, uh, we're coming at you from St. Charles, Missouri. I don't have much more to say than that. We should get right the fuck into it dealer's choice jason let's get to that three counts One, two, say some shit like that. Three. i'm not gonna tell you what to do jcb what's the one count the fuck <laughs> <laughs> okay it's either what the fuck or the fuck what the fuck <laughs> you know i've been saying that shit all week long in some form or fashion um what the fuck to talk about? Let's just go with the G1. I'm just going to stick to the script. That's probably the the one thing we all want to talk about, but don't want to say we want to talk about first. So say, fuck it. We're just going to jump in the deep end. Uh, nights one through four. Um, I don't know how you want to do this. You want to break it down by blocks. You want to break it down by individual wrestlers. Uh, uh, I think we should break it down by nights. So let's just do it like this. Night one, what stood out to you? Mm, um. Two of the, I guess, the highest ranked, quote unquote, um, matches I have on my board so far: uh, Suji versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, third of the, from the last match, I thought that really stood out. It's two of the young guns, so to speak. Even though Kaito Kiyomiya is a two-time G- GAC champion, he's still pretty young at like 26, 27, I believe. Neither here nor there. That's a match that stood out. Tai Chi, Will Ospreay. I thought, uh, once again, Tai Chi 
has kind of stepped up to the point where now he's feels a little more legitimate than he did a year ago. You know, he's kind of got the Shingo monkey off his back. He's KOPW champion. And now he has momentum kind of going. He's won that match against uh, Will Ospreay. From that point, um, solid matches. The draw against uh, with uh, Renneria and Shota Umino, that was one match I was definitely looking forward for two, for night one. That ended up as a draw. No problem with that. This is going to be... Um, a chapter of a book for um, one of many chapters for this book. No problem with that. From there, I thought everything else was pretty solid. Um, Hikaleu and Sonata as the main event, I thought was kind of underwhelming, especially when you had a bunch of solid matches and a couple of really good back-to-back matches with Soji, uh, Suji and Kiyomiya followed back behind that with Tai Chi and Will Ospreay. Hikaleu and Sonata was the main event at that point. No doubt who was going to win it. And then at that point, it kind of re- reminds me of why the fuck did Hikaleu beat Jay White to dismiss him from New Japan. But that's another story for another time. Zach, what's it out to you from night one? Uh, I love the draw. I mean, that's what we said with the uh, A block, right? We really wanted to see these young Lions go at it and – uh, not to jump ahead, but it's pretty great that Renderita just uh, is drawing everyone. I love that. Uh, they're just having this absolute all-out war. They're going 20 minutes. Telling a fun story. And like we said last week from the get-go, they really are pushing the narrative that this 20 minutes changes the G1. And, I mean, they're doing a good job in telling that story, and it actually does really get the crowd going whenever they announce the 15-minute mark and then the three minutes and the two minutes, if they go that far. Um, that's been really fun. Uh, but, yeah, overall, some good matches. I was surprised, pleasantly surprised that Taichi beat Osprey, and uh, also pleasantly surprised that we got an actual match out of Chase Owens and Dean's kid, and it wasn't like some <laughs> bullet club shenanigans stuff. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good opener. I mean, it's not like an all-time G1 evening, but it was – uh, very fun, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're getting going. We're in the groove. That's what the G stands for in G1, grooving. Not really, <laughs> but maybe. You said So, yeah, I mean, the Umino, show the Umino Ren, Renarita match was my favorite of the night, followed by Suji and Kiyomiya. Um, I basically echo everything else you guys say. I just want to say that after seeing it in practice, I love the 20-minute time limit as opposed to the 30-minute time limit. The 30-minute time limit, I think that the reason that some people were down on it is because, well, you can't have a match that you're a contender that's under 20 minutes. It's generally the way that a New Japan fan would think, is that if you really want to have an all-out classic, it's got to go 25, 26, 30, 30 minutes, something like that. I will trade that just to know that uh, when I'm watching an evil match, that there's no way it's going to go 26 minutes. I know well, that well. mother. I know that motherfucker's done at 20. Well, well. You know, I'm watching. Actually, like you said too, I, I watch a lot of these in the background, like when I'm doing computer work and stuff, or like around the house. And like, it's really nice to know that. All right. I can watch it if I have to leave the house or something. All right, I can get this match in because it's definitely going to be done in 20 minutes, and then I can get up and, like, do something else. Like, I really like the 20-minute thing. Yeah, I thought it was an odd decision. Just to mention something, uh, I, I know that Chase Owens, Gabriel Kidd was mentioned. I thought it was odd that 
Chase Owens ended up going over. It's like if Gabriel Kidd does the jump start, beats the shit out of him before they even get into the ring, and then Chase Owens wins anyway. It's like, well, okay, well then, okay, well, Gabe Kidd isn't to be taken seriously at all. Um, what did did you think he was supposed to be? Uh, you know, I thought he might get some wins. I thought he might play into some finishes. I mean, but I think that, he still will. Eh, I just think eh. this is a. I think this was a precursor of things to come, and. It, even not even more so, just not even that. It's a continuation, better choice of words of what they've already did as a tag team. With the two matches with uh, Bishimon, those two matches started outside of the ring. Anything under the cards, you know, six-man, eight-man matches started outside of the ring. This is their theme. Fair enough. Him and Coughlin are doing both the same thing. Yes, they are trying to establish themselves as killers with uh, basically no moral uh, – no moral underpinnings Compass. to hold him down. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have to say the negative, but, man, Kenta Tangaloa are going to have some long fucking G1s, man. Those guys, <laughs> that was, a, that match was, that match kind of sucked. <laughs> I'll go this far. There's I'll, some stinkers. I'll get, I'll, I'll get Tangaloa the pass. At least physically, he's not 100%. Yeah, then maybe he shouldn't be in the G1. I'm not going to disagree with that. Maybe Tom Lawler should be there. You know, Tom Lawler's not in it, and I kind of thought that maybe Tom Lawler wasn't in it because maybe he couldn't. Maybe there were some booking issues because booking a no G1's got to be just a pain in the ass, right? Yeah, you got to be over there at least for a month. Tom Lawler wanted to be in the G1. They just left him out. That's – I'm looking at some of these guys in here. I'm like, why the fuck isn't filthy Tom Lawler in here? But, you know – that's. I'm not worried about the people not at the party. I'm only worried about the people at the party. If we got to kick somebody out, then my our question always is, who do we bring in? I don't have a problem with you, with anybody, not saying you, but just anyone in general saying, oh, this person shouldn't be in. Okay, but then give me a solution versus just saying this person shouldn't be in, and I you mean, gave me the solution. Hiromu. No we going to have to pump the brakes on that. That's going to happen. I agree with you, Beer. That's going to happen down the line. Okay. Tom Lawler is the – the number one guy on the list that should be in this night. Well, just for a night one, night one, it sounds like we're all in agreement that our favorite two matches involved the three Musketeers and the guy from Noah. I mean, is that? I mean, that sounds like we're all on the same page. No, that's fair. Um, what about uh, night two? Uh, st- what stood out on night two? Tanahashi, uh, ZSJ actually uh, kind of stood out a little bit. We saw, uh, to me, a different Tanahashi. It felt like more ground-based trying to out-wrestle ZSJ. Ends up getting uh, rolled up in a, uh, a sneaky little pin. Jeff Cobb finally getting the Naido monkey off his back. Uh, he wins in the main event. I thought that was a, a really good way to establish Jeff Cobb. Like I said in the G1 preview last week, this was somebody that we didn't talk about. But two years ago, he and Okada were basically trading wins all the way through their block, Jeff Cobb stumbles once, but nonetheless, they were still at the uh, they were still at the very end. Jeff Cobb holds, I think, was like the most wins or of uh, no, actually, Cobb went undefeated. You know, uh, Okada lost, but then Okada and Jeff Cobb met at the last night. Jeff Cobb loses. You get my point. This is somebody that I thought kind of went underneath the radar, and now beating Naito, somebody that. 
I'm not going to say you, Zach, but other people have had said Naito is going to win this G1, and I thought that might have been a little bit of a stretch just personally as the Naito fan, as the guy that's wearing the LIJ shirt. I have him winning this block. I de- well, obviously. I could, they, they could end up telling a completely different story. They could. They could but but just, they do like to have him lose at the beginning to pick up steam. Just for this night, I thought Jeff Cobb was the second big standout story. From there, um, Hanare coming out with uh, new face paint, tribal face paint. I like the Kevin Kelly. Not I, a face paint. No, well, uh, I'm sorry, face tattoo. I apologize. That's a tattoo, brother. Um, he looks Kevin Kelly fucking mean. <laughs> Kevin Kelly with the nice. And then he lost, dude. <laughs> that that's the one thing I don't get. But we'll talk about that in a second. They gave. I'm not going to spoil it, but the if you're going to have him come out like that. And look like that, give that much commitment against, if I'm not mistaken, Mikey Nichols. Michael Nichols. Mikey Nichols, he's got to win that. That's, that. that's neither here nor there. Shingo, Eddie, I thought that was probably the match of the night. Um, solid uh, solid night, too, all, all across the board. Finley beats uh, Ishii, but, you know, Ishii's not going to be a punk to nobody. He's going to make everybody work. Zach. <laughs> oh, man, uh, Zach and Tanahashi can wrestle, like, every every week. And I would just be like, somebody would be like, hey, they wrestle on Friday nights on YouTube. And like, uh, somebody's like, oh, what do you like to do on the weekend? I'm like, well, every Friday, I watch Zach Jr. and Hiroshi Tanahashi have a 15 minute match, and it's always awesome. <laughs> so I would watch that. Uh, so that was my favorite match. But yeah, uh, Eddie and Shingo was good. Looks like they're going to play it back. Eddie says he wants him in AEW. I want him in AEW. That sounds fantastic. Uh, Aaron Narhe scared the hell out of me twice, once with his uh, face tattoo, and then second by getting dropped on his fucking head. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Even if I was like, maybe Mikey Nichols wasn't supposed to win that match, and Aaron Hanare is just paralyzed. Like, there was, like, no telling. But he went out there, and he fought uh, Shingo, um, you know, not the next night, but night four. Night four. Uh, but that was super scary. Um, but, yeah, th- those are kind of the – standouts for uh, the evening. I kind of expected Cobb to go over Naito, uh, just for the same reason Jason, or, uh, Bill said. They, uh, that's like kind of like Naito's G1 story, is that he has a very slow start and then somehow ends up accumulating points towards the end. Making me fucking ride a roller coaster for a month or so. Uh, so, oh shoot, I was looking at the wrong night. I really liked Finley, Ishii a ton. I really liked uh, ZSJ and Tanahashi. I really hated Evil and Tamatonga. Uh, lasted forever. I sent you guys a text. I said, "Evil." The longest match on night two was Evil's was was an Evil match. How the fuck does that happen? Um, I don't know how that happens, but. I okay. Another advantage to the twenty-minute match, and you already said about this. You just gotta just fast forward to you actually hear the bell ring, and just you know pray for the best. Uh, Eddie Kingston Shingo was fine. It was fun. Eddie Kingston's clearly having fun out there. I really enjoyed uh, Yano versus Goto quite a bit when they kept trying to whip each other around and then they just kept doing it and they kept doing it and they kept doing it. That was really funny. And then they got dizzy. Didn't you think that was funny, Jason? Yeah. 
Fuck Yano. <laughs> uh, I actually really liked that match. God, man, what the fuck? Dude? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Dude, yes. It's the same shit. Uh, enjoyed it. And if you don't like a Toru Yanu match, fuck you. <laughs> I'll take the first one, no problem. I will take it. Fuck you, too. <laughs> it so, just took him two weeks. Finally got it. I finally did it. Um, I have no problem being the first recipient. Uh, but um, Alex Coughlin lost to uh, Shane Haste one. TMDK, my boys, were 3-0 and that night. And... Yeah, I got to say, I think that David Finley Ishii was my favorite match of that night. The curtain jerker, uh, so they say. So, night two, some differing opinions amongst the BFR boys, but it was tons of fun. Jason, what about night three? Just taking a quick look at it. uh, Bottom of the barrel, at least for my star ratings, I have Kenta versus Great Okan. I guess that's the, the story of the first four nights so far. Kenta is just someone else that probably shouldn't be there, but is there, is what it is. From that point, up at the top, um, I had Yoshihashi Will Ospreay as one of the better matches of the night. Um, Will Ospreay gets back to being even Steven after losing his first match. Another um, draw between Yodosuji, Renarita, like uh, Three Beers said. It's, if right now, at least for the first two nights, Ren is just doing just enough not to win matches, and it's not his fault. He's come up against two guys that are probably going to be his foils for the next five to ten years as long as they stay around with each other. Main event, uh, Okada and ELP. I was just curious to see how ELP would look against Okada. We've seen upsets, see Tamatanga over Okada. This query was not going to be the case. I don't see Okada losing for a hot minute, but ELP did look good against Okada. From there, a bunch of good solid matches. Even, there you go, uh, Gabriel Kidd beats Hikaleu. So once again, Hikaleu 0-2 at the start of this tournament. I question, if you're going to question somebody, there's two guys, Hikaleu, Kenta, guys that probably shouldn't be in that are in this Joker is what it is. Um, Shoto Umino versus uh, Sonata I thought was pretty solid Even though you knew who was going to win I just like to see Shota against somebody That he's going to probably see somewhere down the line um, Solid night N- Nothing too bad Nothing too great Somewhere in the gray Zach, what you think? Uh, on paper, I wasn't super stoked about this one But it ended up being like The last half of it I actually ended up really enjoying uh, <laughs> The draw with Narita and Suji. I really like Yoshiashi and Will Ospreay a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, Yoshiashi like hung with him, and it was a pretty fun match. Uh, Sonata and Shota Umino. I thought maybe there might be an upset here, but um, it wasn't. But Shota got a lot of offense on him. Um, that was kind of the main story. Was uh, seemed like someone he kind of controlled the match. Uh, but Sonata beat him. And then uh, Okada Fantasmo, on paper, I was like, these guys are both really good. I just kind of wondered what how Fantasmo could do uh, with him. Um, and um, nothing really, like, stood out to me, though, but it was uh, it was fun. So, uh, overall, I think probably Yoshihashi and Will was my favorite match. And actually, kind of ended up being one of my favorite matches so far. Loved Yoshihashi and Bill. Uh, 
So Rinderita <laughs> and Yoda suit. I really did. I, I love Yoshi. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did. <laughs> Him and Big Bill Osprey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you slick. So Edgar Rinderita and Yoda Suji have a second draw, right? Like you guys said, are Suji and Umino going to have a draw also? Yes. I think they all draw with each other. No, nobody wins. That makes sense. Now that we've had two, that makes sense. I mean, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, they're going to have all three of these guys draw each other. Yeah, other, which as is fun. As it stands right now, Ren, uh, Ren Narita is the, is the only guy with two draws. Suji lost his opening match to Kiyomiya. Right. And then he drew against uh, Ren Narita on night three. I just expect them to just trade uh, – a point across the board. Everybody gets a, a point, but you see, like I said, the future of New Japan, at least for the next two to three years, I'll just go that conservatively with these three guys probably somewhere in that mix. Did any of the near falls in the Chase owens Mia match get you? No. Zach? In the Chase owens Mia match? Yeah. Uh, no, I expected Mia. I guess I was kind of catatonic last week when you guys were picking Mia. Like, I just don't. I don't see them bringing in a Noah guy to... I totally do. Now, I can see him not getting out of the block, but I can see no. him beating Sonata and setting up an inter-promotion uh, inter match. I, I, I would be stunned. Really? Do you want to make stunned. it... Do you want to make it your Stone Cold lead pipe of the G1? If there's... If we haven't even put a... Well, ooh, we, had, we did put something on that. Um... I mean, this is for no points, and no points will be deducted for you. So do you just want to make it your Stone Cold Lead Pipe? I'll make it my Stone Cold Lead Pipe lock of the G1 tournament that Kaito Kiyomiya comes out of the A block. Like I said, he's probably going to be the runner-up behind Sonata. But I would be stunned if he did not come out of the the, uh, the block. Love seeing Taichi 2-0. That's cool to me. I would like to see Taichi... do well in this tournament. I think that Tai Chi, you know, we've said it before, but he's a guy that started off pretty low in my estimation and has consistently risen to now I look forward to every single one of his matches. No, it's uh, on. Yeah. No, I, I used to just like him ironically because of his <laughs> crazy entrance and the fact that he had Leo with him. He was yeah. like, I just ironically enjoyed And now I'm just like unironically a Tai Chi fan. And he has a wireless mic on a mic stand not connected to anything <laughs> dude it's, it's so comedy he's got the headphones on i'm like jesus i'm like dude he's got the headphones on man you take the headphones off come on dude. somebody get him marty marty still got the headphones his, on his gimmick where he's pulling his pants off and midway through the match is so good he's yeah. like a he's like a phantom of the magic mic <laughs> um i really like the story that they're telling with phantasma where phantasma was trying to change his image. Uh, he wants to be a good guy. He wants the fans to like him. He wants his opponents to respect him. He's shaking Okada's hand before the match, and he's chanting Okada, but not in that Jay White kind of way, just to make fun of the fans. Like It seems like he's like, hey, guys, we're here to have fun. Let's have a good competition. I like that. Uh, let's see if it holds up. He might snap. He might not. Um Let's see. Hikaleu, I'm going to start calling worse luck Fale because that's what he's in there for. He's in there to be a big guy that uh, never wins 
and is just a layup, and it's not going to be a match that you're basically going to want to watch because he is 0 for 2 for fun matches. Um, I don't even think that's that much of a hot take. Uh, it kind of ain't, but, but uh, still funny as fuck. <laughs> I'll tell you what. After watching two matches of Shota Umino, Renarita, and Yoda Suji in here, I would say that I am really, really high on two of them and not as high on another one. I am really high on Yoda Suji and Renarita. Not as high on Shota Umino. I Do really tell. I really like the way that Yoda Suji moves. That is a big dude that moves pretty quick. And Rinarita, he like did this thing where he was wrapped around uh he was wrapped around Umino's waist and then he let go and did a hurricane rana from there and I was like, Holy shit, like you don't see very many guys that are able to do that. Very cool. Okay, so what's I thought you were gonna say Narita just because he's the one with that with less charisma. I, but I did love that Chase Owens, like, during Shota Umino's entrance, like, you know, he gets the whole thing from the back, and he's like, why the fuck does he get a special entrance? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I've been here for fucking 10 years. Oh, like, shit, he just shows dude. up and he gets a special entrance. Chase Owens was real good on commentary. He always is. I mean, I think oh. he, he and Kevin Kelly got a, a real, real good, good uh, chemistry. When he was them. talking about how, yeah. how good-looking Sonata is, and then Kevin Kelly referred to how handsome Shota Umino is later on, and Chase Owens goes, Umino's not handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I love whatever uh, he said uh, Sonata was getting the job done, and uh, Kevin Kelly said, yeah, you did the job in about eight minutes today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my damn. <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, really good. Shut up, Kevin. It uh, looks like they're not pulling the trigger on Great Ocon this year once again. So, I guess another year, another year for them to push Great Ocon is the way it seems. Or maybe they're just going to go back to them as a tag team with him and Cobb, Cobb on the con. Um, so, uh, night four, Jason. Cobb on the con, the good old days, but I no con on the Cobb. That's why I, I forget which one I said. No, I, I messed it up, actually. It's a con on the cob. Um, good old days, but I don't want to see that go back to any time soon. I want to see Jeff Cobb get a little bit of a push. Speaking of which, um, night four, Jeff Cobb uh, obviously wins against Alex Coffin. I'm not saying this was the match of the night, but it was one of the early matches that I wanted to – I was curious to see because – Alex Coughlin, quiet as it's kept, he's one of the strongest guys pound for pound on the roster. And when you have him and Jeff Cobb next to each other, you're going to have somebody getting ready to take some serious lumps. The, to me, though, the standout point when you saw Jeff Cobb getting military pressed by Alex Coughlin and slamming him down. Unbelievable. That's what I was just like, okay. This Unbelievable. Dude, and I saw him throw J.R. Kratos around on uh, – New Japan Strong. J.R. Kratos is kind of the similar size as Jeff Cobb, if you've never seen J.R. Kratos. <laughs> Probably the same size, same same height. Big, stocky guys, not tall. I mean, but built just, like a keg of beer. Right. And he tried to throw uh, Kratos around. Kratos wouldn't let him do it. He, Jeff Cobb obviously let him do this. And the fact that he military press slammed that dude and slammed him, I'm like, what the I think, fuck? I think That's Kevin, just crazy. I thought Kevin Kelly kind of undersold it 
on commentary. I was like, he's not making a big enough deal about this. No, Didn't that was feel a like huge it. deal. That was the mark out moment, for, at least for that night. Um, from that point, I mean, he looked at he looked at Jeff Cobb and he said, "Fuck you." Okay, and slammed that dude down like it wasn't shit. Um, from that point, I thought the match of the night, and to this point, my match of the tournament, Hanari and Shingo, uh, I thought it was the probably, it's easily the best match of the tournament. I won't say easily, but for me, it's the match of the tournament over the first four nights. Hanari gets his win back from Shingo. They had a uh, KOPW uh, title match, I guess. It feels like three or four months ago. Um and that was a knockdown, dragout match. It went almost like 40, 45 minutes. It was crazy. So imagine that in a 20-minute form. That's what you had on this one. From there, solid matches across the board. I talked about um, Cobb and uh, Coughlin. Evil beats Eddie. Um, Naito gets his win back. Tomatoga gets even against Ishii. ZSJ beats Yano, thank God. Um, Mike and Nichols, David Finley was solid, nothing too crazy. And then uh, Tanahashi beats Shane Hayes. He becomes even Steven there. Zach. Uh, fucking loved Zach Sabre Jr. and Yano. That was so good. Um, He's heating up. Was, did he this, didn't say was anything. That was a hot take, out. man. I just like when he starts to agree with me, it's downhill from there. He's just going to, he's heating up. He's going to start agreeing with me more <laughs> and more. I love this. Almighty. Actually, I mean, Zach's uh, pretty much been on the Yano train from the get go, too. I know. Zach's never talked I shit know. about Yano. So I know. I shouldn't talk about him like he's not a believer. No. that when you, see, when you see me convert, then you know I've been kidnapped. That's that's your cue right there. Uh, <laughs> just so ridiculous. It just offers some variety. Uh, you know, even if every G1 match was just a technical masterpiece, like this would just still be fun. But uh, it, was, it was pretty ridiculous, but it was still very fun. What was the one? It wasn't this one. It was the autumn. I, I don't think so. Where it looked like they were just going to have uh, two of the young lions wrestle, or was it this one? Yeah, it was. It was, it was this one. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, they just put their coats on the other the other guys and had them get in the ring and I'll tell you, I'll say, look, you know CSJ was funny. I'll say this about Kevin Kelly also is that he strikes the perfect tone during comedy matches. He is really good. Like he sells it, but he sells it like he's in like the fifties or something. Like he's calling a match from the fifties or some shit. He's really funny. Uh, go ahead, Zach. That Sorry. Dodo versus that Dodo versus Yano, where they ended up under the ring and they had the uh, the big head on, and like if Goto <laughs> comes out wearing the big head, and it's very obvious, and then he doesn't get the head off for like probably twenty seconds, and he takes it off, and he's like, "Oh, it's Goto under there." I like in the Zach match how Zach went around looking for hidden tape, but they forgot to search Yano. And <laughs> Kevin Kelly's like, they never searched this person. They never searched this person. Jesus Christ almighty. Oh, it's so good. The, the um, biggest fuckery yeah. guy of the whole goddamn roster. You don't pat him down every damn time. Come on. Hanari um, and Shingo was really good. Uh, it was rough to watch after that bump that Hanari uh, had taken. I was worried about him the whole time. Uh, they do the thick headbutt thing. And, um, it is very good for what it is, but it is tough to watch sometimes. Um, what was the other match that uh, I really liked on here? Oh, yeah, uh, Naito and Goto. This was pretty much, I mean, this is one of my favorite matches. This was like a G1 match from like, I don't know, five, six years ago. Uh, and it would be a match that you would expect to see in the G1. And they both like really delivered this. Uh, very fun. Uh, went 
almost the full 20 minutes, lots of, lots of fun reversals. Uh, yeah, that was my match of the night uh, after Zack Sabre Jr. and Yano. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping that you weren't going to say Naito and Goto because I really wanted to drop that on you guys and be like, wait a minute, why aren't we talking about this match? I think Jason's kind of like the coach whose son is on the team, but he doesn't want to show favoritism to his son, so he's a little bit harder <laughs> on him. Because like, <laughs> wait a minute, what? well, yeah, like, well, no. you're you're the Naito guy, and it, it feel I feel like you're a, I feel like you're a little reticent to compliment him too thoroughly, lest you be called. An Ido mark, but you call yourself a Nido mark, so I don't know. I thought that Nido Goto was unbelievable. I had so much fun with it. I think that I'm just a Bishamon mark, but I really like them as singles guys, though, like a lot. Goto, oh, and I said it, and I tweeted this after I watched the match. Goto, this is his time of the year. When a tournament comes around, especially, obviously, G1, he always seems to have really good, solid, good to great matches. This was a really good match. I'm not going to sit up here and say that it wasn't to refute the Naito claim. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not a mark for him. You know I am, and I do show favoritism. I just think in this case, and I said it last week, the guy that is the one that is that could take Naito's spot is Jeff Cobb, and he's the guy that's been running underneath the radar, at least for our picks. He's 2-0. He's got the tiebreaker over Naito, so then that, that means he's probably going to have to lose. He's going to have to lose twice in some form or fashion for Naito to get back into this. You That's know, all I'm saying. You know what I've never done is I've never gone back on New Japan World and watched those old go- uh, Goto G1 matches from when he was in his prime. Because right. I've only seen him past his prime, but I think he won in 2012. And he was the runner-up in 2016. I feel like is what Kevin Kelly said the other night. Like Sound, I, I think I was won twice. If it's I'm like, not why mistaken. don't? Why haven't I ever just like gone back and watched like an old Goto match? Go I, back and watch a final. Yeah. Uh, do we know who he beat in 2012? Do you know? I'm sure we can figure it out. It can't be that hard. I mean, it's got to be somebody match. we've heard of. It's probably fucking Nakamura or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why? Like, what? If I have it. If I have it, why haven't I gone back to watch Goto versus Nakamura in 2012? I bet it fucking rips. Well, Might be my favorite say. match of all time. It's, Go it's ahead, the problem of uh, there's just so much fucking content, and we try to do the podcast every week and talk about the new stuff. And I mean, I watched probably, I don't know, 25 to 30 hours of wrestling, and I still didn't watch everything this week. That's insane. That is, you know, I had to take it off, but that is unprofessional bullshit, man. You got to watch it all. <laughs> the only thing I had, I to, the only thing that I made sure that the only thing I knew I had to watch this week was Collision, the G1, and Dynamite, I guess. Um, but so going back to other matches on here, um, I liked, of course, I like ZSJ versus Yano. I'm a, what you, are we called? Amerians or Yanadians? What should we call ourselves? <laughs> oh, I got to think about that. Um, let's see here. Hanari Shingo, I enjoyed a whole bunch. Hearing you say that you it was your favorite night, our favorite match thus far, is uh, surprising to me. But I'm down with it. Evil versus Eddie Kingston, borderline unwatchable. Just and it's not Eddie Kingston's fault. So. Um, I don't know what my match of the tournament is so far. I think I like Umino Renarita from night one the most. I was into that. That was before, like, 
once they established that those two guys had a draw, uh, my antenna was up for Narita and Yoda Suji to have a draw also. So the surprise was there, and it was mega fun. And I like that it's not like a guy getting ready to tap out and then it ends. It's like they're still trying to like go through moves. Like They're trying to run ropes and stuff. Like They tell the story during their draws where it's kind of like these guys are so in the throes of battle that they're not hearing the time limit warnings coming up, which uh, I think is very cool. Um, So between now and next week's podcast, we have five, count them, five nights of the G1 that we will be covering next week. Is it eight block matches every single night? In this G1, or are there certain nights where there's going to be an undercard and only like one block's going to fight or something? Towards the end, um, I think they're going to start once you get to the, like the quarterfinals, semis. That's when we start getting the uh, the undercard six eight man tags that uh, you can skip. You being you and Zach, but uh, <laughs> from up until that very end of the the last block night, till we figure out who wins, who's the uh, the runner ups. We're going to be doing block matches pretty much on the roll. Uh, Godo has won only one G1. Right, but he, he came in second. He was in the finals in 2016. I, who, I, who did he beat? I, one, it looks like it's Kenny Omega, but don't quote me on that just yet. Ooh, I'd watch that. Uh, Zach, anything that you're looking forward to over the next five nights? I have not even looked. I like to be surprised uh, whenever they pop up every day. Uh, and it's like, Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. And then I get to look at the little pictures uh, that pop up on the Japan world and be like, ooh, I can't wait to go to this match. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. I love not looking at the match order before I start it, and I know, love not looking at the matchups. So then every match that comes next, I'm like, oh, it's these two guys. Unless it's like Hikaleo and Kenta. No, you start to be like, after a while, I'm like, okay, who haven't I seen yet? And I'm like, oh, geez, oh, shit. And it's usually somebody, you know, evil, Hikaleu, Kenta. That's the uh, the triad at this point where it, it's nobody I want to even necessarily deal with at that point. But, you know, neither here nor there. I'll say this, though. Every single time I watched G1 this week, I was happy about it. I fucking love the G1, man. It fucking rules. Let's, let's, get, to that, let's get to that two count. Two beer, what's the two count? Two count, we had so much AEW. Uh, we were going to breeze over it, though, because there was a lot of stuff. We can absolutely breeze over Rampage, except for there was uh, a Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament semifinal. Uh, Willow Nightingale beat Athena, which should also probably lead to... Uh, or is she wrestling her on the pay-per-view this week? Affirmative. Okay, so that leads to that match. Uh, and it led to the following night. So, AEW Collision. Um, so, this was an excellent professional wrestling television show. Uh, it was in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which, as we all know, is the home of the Hearts, the Heart Dungeon. So, it was fitting that they had the finals of the Owen Hart Tournament here. Uh, but that is not even the real story of the night. The story of the night was the AEW World Tag Team title match, two out of three falls, 
Uh, FTR barely beat Bullet Club Gold, Jay White and Juice Robinson. Uh, this was such a fantastic match. Oh, my God. Um, they did the first fall where uh, Juice and uh, Jay White uh, scored the first falls, and then FTR is working from underneath, and they couldn't do fucking anything at all to get uh, Jay White to stay down, and they were just hitting what presumed finishers and uh, just could not make it happen. Um, just a fantastic, just fantastic storytelling. This thing went almost an hour. Uh, I thought for sure once they got to a certain point that they were going to go to a draw and they were going to run this thing back again. But the only reason they would do that is if they wanted a third match, and obviously they don't want the third match right now. Uh, but, um, I mean, we we could talk so much about so just this just this match. We could do like a two-count on just this match. Um, if anybody didn't see it, they should go back and watch it. It is kind of a quintessential two-out-of-three falls match. Uh it's definitely uh, it's probably my vote for tag team match of the year right now for the Beefers. Spoiler alert. And, um, yeah, uh, really just can't gush enough. But uh, FTR pulls it out uh, with a sharpshooter. And, um, yeah, very fitting. But uh, wild stuff, what do you guys think? Um, I, I'll, I'll go this far. I, I said it was my... AEW tag team match of the year. I'll give. I'll go that far. I, I think there's another six months to kind of flesh some things out. Uh, Aussie Open is coming back uh, here in a little bit. Obviously, they'll be at death of dishonor, death before dishonor. But another story for another time. <clears throat> Two out of three falls is something that to me can be hit or miss. I like it if you can get the two teams together that have a story to tell leading up to this point, and now you have a reason to do it. I don't like to do it just to do it. In this case, the build-up to it felt like you had to have two out of three falls. They didn't have like a a month, two-month, three-month-long feud, but story being told, Bullet Club Gold beating FTR is kind of a big deal, especially when you have Jay White and Juice to me, two relatively singles guys teaming up to, to arguably beat one of the best tag teams in the world. It's a big deal. So two out of three falls come out of it, and you get the three falls, but how they, I guess, walked us through the story, how we got the three falls, I thought that's what made this match come from good to great, from great to being, at least like I said, for me right now, it's the AEW Tag Team Match of the Year. Um People are saying that, you know, Jay White is, <coughs> excuse me, finally arrived in AEW. And I guess that's something else to be talked about. For me, as a New Japan fan first, I don't think he's, I know what he can do. It's not like he's arrived. I guess now people are seeing what I see already. So that's good and that's in that light. FTR defending the titles is always good. Dare I say great. We'll talk about them, obviously, here in a little bit down the line. But just for this match itself, once they... Once I saw this was the curtain jerker, I knew we were going at least 45, if not longer. Going 57, 58 minutes, whatever Nigel McGinnis said, that's that's burning the candle to the very end. But they, they told the story where literally FTR had to pull this one out of their ass to make it happen. They wanted to give um, Bull Club Gold love after the fact and shook their hands. Bull Club Gold didn't. I like that. I wasn't a big fan of Bull Club Gold to begin with, 
but now they've won me over as a team. I don't necessarily want to see them together long-term, but they won me over for this run. I mean, tag team match of the year. What else would there be? I guess there would be a little Sammy and KO versus the Usos, maybe? Yeah, that's a totally different thing. That's a Is to- it? That, Is yeah. it not a tag team? Yeah, it's a tag, tag team. Tag team match? I mean, this was way better than that. Okay. I mean, that's what I think anyway. I I like that. Yeah, I agree. It, I think I think it's, I mean, I love Sammy and KO versus the Usos, but I think this is a much better match. Okay. I loved it. I was rooting for Bullet Club Gold, but I mean, after I mean, Jason said it right. Like two out of three falls, they can really fuck them up. Somebody rolls them up, and sorry, I was writing down pre- stuff for predictions later, so I might you might have said this, but like sometimes they just roll them up in the first minute, and it's like, well, wait a minute, like that would never happen. And if it happened, not in a two out of three falls match, it would be a huge upset or a huge shocker or something. It seems to never be a shocker, and then sometimes they go the other way. With uh, remember Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins when they did a thirty-minute Iron Man match and it was seven to five. Yeah, it's like sometimes they just I don't know. Um, but two out of three falls matches when they're good, like this one, like Gargano Cole at NXT WrestleMania, whatever it was called, like that shit fucking rules. I mean, the one they had with the Briscoes also ruled. This match was revival DIY. Yes, yeah, this- that's what this reminded me of. I think this match was as good as all but um, I forget which Briscoe match I like the most with FTR. Anyway, this match ruled. I loved it. Yeah. Um, great crowd. Great announcing on it, too. It was fucking fun. No, it was a high crowd for sure. From start to finish. And that's – you didn't have a lot of matches, but the matches you got. Man, uh not to get ahead of ourselves, but the Monday Night Raw crowd was super fucking hot, Woo! too, man. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, what's next, Zach? N-word. No, oh, I can say it. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, forgot I could say it. <laughs> when Jason reminds me that he's allowed to say it and I'm not. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for reminding me again, Bo. Quick shout-out to Joey. Thanks for having us for the uh, Fight for Allison uh, charity event. If you didn't come out, shame on you. I got three bobbleheads out of it. Bo got some uh, charity gifts out of it. It was a good time. Great event. Missed it. Sorry. If you missed it, sorry, not sorry. Zach, what was next? Willow Nightingale, Deep Ruby Soho. Um, Typical, um, what, Outsiders or what are they called? Outsiders? No, they're ripping off the Outsiders. The uh, Outcast. Typical Outcast shenanigans. Uh, but Willow overcame them, and she won the tournament. So good for her. I think that's a nice uh, little bonus for Willow Nightingale. You know, they're giving her giving her some stuff. So I'm down for it. Uh, and that's really much else to say about this. If you guys have anything to say, uh, nope. no, I'll just jump in on this. They got the outcasts out of the way, so, I mean, it became a singles match. So, at that point, it's it was a coin flip. If the outcast stayed, obviously, I think Ruby Soho goes over. For Ricky Starks, spoiler alert, and for Will Nightingale, winning this is good. How we catapult them from this is the question. 
Yeah. So um, maybe she wins the title on Friday. Um, maybe not. Uh, maybe she'll be Willow two belt for a minute, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, then the uh, next thing of note is Ricky Starks beats CM Punk. Um, this match was, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a hot kind of boring. Um, the, the FTR and Bullet Club Gold match was 58 minutes. That felt like 20. Like, I was just like, holy shit, there are 58 minutes. This thing is, like, engrossing me. Uh, this thing was probably 20 minutes. It felt like 45. Um, even my wife, like, I'm, I'm watching it laying in bed. And my wife likes to comment on CM Punk, and she knows that I'm annoyed by him, like, as a person. So she'll be like, oh, CM Punk looks kind of cute tonight. And I'm just like, oh, fucking hate you. <laughs> um, but uh, she's just like, she even rolled over. She's like, this match is still going on. I'm like, yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, the crowd was pretty split uh, with these guys. Uh, but the real big story is Ricky Starks doing what seemed to be a total heel turn. He, he uh, grabs the ropes to pin CM Punk, uh, kind of an upset. I said it last week, though. Um, I uh, was just a little pat, self-pat on the back, a little self-high-five DDT style. Uh, but, um, yeah, he wins, celebrates, goes up the ramp, and just the biggest heel move I've ever seen just rips the trophy out of Jushin Thunder Liger's hands and doesn't even acknowledge him at all. Jushin Liger flies all the way from Japan to Calgary, Alberta, Canada, puts on the whole suit. He's not even just wearing the mask. Like, he does commentary, he's just wearing the mask. He's got the whole fucking suit on, standing there with the trophy, ready to present it, and he just tears it out of his fucking hands and walks away. Oh, God, that killed me. Oh, uh, but uh, that ended the show. Jason, what are your thoughts on Ricky Starks beating CM Punk? Oh man, that I I agree with you, Three Beer. That that popped me so hard. I was just like, dude, he's stepping. He's leaving it out of there like it's a crime scene. Give me this shit. I'm <laughs> chucking the deuce. I'm leaving you jokers here to figure this shit out. Um, I don't agree with Two Beer on the fact that it was it was a long match. I just thought that they were. It was telling a story where. Finally, Ricky Starks was like, you know what? Fuck this dude. You know, I'm I'm sick of him trying to show me up. Early in the match where CM Punk held the rope up or whatever, you know, always feeling like Ricky Starks was an underdog coming in this match, and he was the underdog coming in this match. Let's not fool ourselves. I didn't think the match was that bad. Nowhere near it. I thought it was actually pretty good. All in all, I thought he gave Ricky Starks a little bit more hope because CM Punk doesn't need this. Ricky Starks needs this. Powerhouse Hobbs needs this. CM Punk was the guy to get them over. To me, it might have made more sense where it was Hobbs and Starks, maybe, maybe not, but they're on the same side, so they have to eliminate each other. I don't know. I didn't think the match was that bad. I'm happy that Ricky Starks won it. Like I said, the trepidation for me and for Willow is what's next. Oh, the Owen Hart tournament is only two years in, and you had established people win last year in Brett and, and Adam Cole, baby. So you really didn't have to do that much with them. They were already – they've got theirs. They're over. Now you have to figure out how do you get these two over. I think I said this last week. It's like there's no point of CM Punk winning the Owen Hart Invitational. It should be a younger guy. I really like the story that they told. Uh, cheating against CM Punk ain't really cheating in my eyes. Like, go ahead and fucking use the ropes if you want to, guy. 
I don't want him to win. I don't care if it's kayfabe style or if it's shoot style. I just don't want him to win. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's not go away heat, but it kind of borders on. I I I fluctuate. I fluctuate with. Did you it, like you know? the match? I guess you there's a question. Yeah, you I know like what else my wife does that really annoys me. What's that? She'll be like, oh, you don't like him? He's a heel. She's like, so she's like, you're just getting work. I'm like, don't try to fucking talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, she tries to tell me that I'm getting work, and I'm just like, no, actually, Tara, he's a fucking baby face right now. Like, well, how do you know? <laughs> so shut the fuck up. Yeah, Tara, he's a baby face, so maybe you should grow the fuck up. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm unprofessional bullshit is now gone. I'm That hurts. I love unprofessional bullshit. It needs to come back at some so, point. So, yes, I I. We gotta get rid of one of them, but I, I, I just, I can't get rid of. He's heating up. If I get the rid, if I get rid of, grow the fuck up. We lose it forever because I'm never going back to find it. That's why I'm kind of reticent to get rid of it, just because I like no, it. No, no, no. True that. True that. I, I'm about to say because that's because once that's it. gone, that's yeah, me saying, saying it. it. Yeah, I can't recreate yeah, it. Yeah, like my voice well, cracked. You gotta go. You gotta. We'd have to do it. That was the end. Of, that was at the end of the the Royal Rumble rant. Ooh. Yeah, that w- that's at the this end of that Royal one. Rumble. Yeah, see, okay, I we- probably could find it. Yeah, now as we said it, I mean, it's- <laughs> I'll never find it again. Yeah, right. Just give me a mic. <laughs> so, just give me a mic. I'll say unprofessional bullshit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, uh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, I'm glad Ricky Starks won. If it starts a heel turn, good. Like, oh, it's a heel turn. Okay, you don't good. snatch up the trophy from Juice Thunder Lager and and keep it moving and not shake hands, and that's not a heel turn. Ricky Starks should walk around with Powerhouse Haas as his heater. It's it, not as a tag team. Powerhouse Hobbs is his heater. No, no. Either they're together or they. I want to keep them separate. Because they're now both heels. So they can run together if they want to. But if they're not going to if they're not together, I want them separate from each other. One could be chasing the TNT title, the other can chase the heavyweight title. I don't care. If you don't have them together, then just keep them separate. That's just me. Uh what was next, Zach? Alright. So we had a um Rather uneventful battle of the belt as per usual. Um, I'll just run down the uh, what happened. Uh, Orange Cassidy beat Lance Archer via countout, so uh, kind of a flat finish. But I didn't really mind, just in the sense that occasionally you got to do shit like this. But I don't know if the execution was there. I don't mind the countout finish, but this just the way that it happened seemed seemed kind of flat. Um, and then Tony Storm beat Kai Valkyrie, but the the feed was all fucked up because there was a storm in Calgary, so uh, we didn't really get to see that finish except on replay. And then uh, Luchasaurus beat Sean Spears uh, for Christian Cage to celebrate for the title. But uh, yeah, that sounds like a battle of the belts if I ever heard one. Oh, shit. It was fine. Um, I actually had it on my television while I had Collision on my iPad. And I was standing in my kitchen, working, standing up, facing the TV. So I watched them both at the same time. That's the kind of dedication I have to our listeners. Jeez, Louise, I was going to say, I'll just stay up late. Fuck it. (laughs) This Red Bull is still going. You know, I'm I'm still away from work. Um, 
nothing to be said. I'm just not a huge fan of the count out of victory. I think, you know, it's supposed to quote unquote protect Lance Archer. I don't think it does much with that. Ty Valkyrie takes another L. She shouldn't be getting near a title match anytime soon. And this is from a, a person that likes Ty Valkyrie. And then the, the main event, like uh, Three Beer said, it was the uh, the Christian Cage show. And, it, you know, the, I don't even remember much about the match. I just remember Christian Cage just quick to take that Clowning. scrap and was just like, you know Clowning. what? This is my shit. Okay? He Debo. Okay? hilarious. <laughs> I'm taking this shit. This is my title. When, you gotta, when somebody's got to wrestle, you get your big ass in there. Outside of that, this is my title. So this is the Christian Cage show as far as I'm concerned. This is the best type of Christian, though. Like the over-the-top, like, just shit heel. This is the best. He can do this for another twenty years. <laughs> He's so good at it, man. See, this is that. Uh, listen, and I, I hate to always, uh, you know, they're always going to be compared to each other, and I hate to disparage Edge anymore. But this, that's the kind anymore. of. I'm glad you threw that out there. Anymore, that that <laughs> that type of comedy is a gear that Edge just doesn't have. If you ask me. Jesus. Wow. What the fuck? Man, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. It wasn't even like I meant to say it. It's just like that is my first knee-jerk reaction. What the? I mean, okay, man. All right. I'm, I'm not going to drag us down into the edge and Christian minutia. Well covered on this pod. Been there, done that. I'm Team Edge. You guys can be who Team is, Christian. Who is funnier? Oh, dude, are you kidding me right now? Really? We're going to have this conversation? Yeah, who's funnier? I think Edge is funnier, hands down. Easily. Easily. That. Like laughing at him? Oh, this one. <laughs> Are you guys, like, he's not funny at all. Whatever. Kurt Angle, okay. Everybody, Kurt Angle's fucking funny. Okay. You suck doesn't start without one person, and that was Edge. What did you say? You suck. The ch- you suck chant doesn't start yeah. without one person. Yeah, that's, but that's Edge. Okay. That's his greatest, that's his greatest gift. I, I think it's a, a gift that keeps on giving. When you see Kurt Angle, it's not like we hum the song. Okay, I just think that Christian's funnier. I think it's a, really obvious, but, I mean, that's okay. We can disagree. I mean, we can disagree, but... Fuck you! <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you got one more time to be saying fuck you, to me. <laughs> You're gonna make this one count. <laughs> All right, what was next? All right, um, next we had uh, Dynamite, and again, not there isn't a ton because uh, we had a, another one-hour match to take up the majority uh, of the show. So uh, opened up with the death of Jungle Boy. Uh, so he is dead and buried uh, somewhere in a desert, uh, maybe like outside of Hollywood, because uh, he looks like a Hollywood Hogan type. I guess he's like Hollywood Jack Perry now, uh, which makes sense. Uh, he is that is um, Luke Perry, or was rather, sorry. But uh, he ends up coming out to Beethoven's fence symphony which i fucking love i was like what uh, the so, fuck <laughs> thank you that was great and uh he beat uh hook for the fcw title so hook was undefeated and um what is he like the sixth person to hold this fcw title i don't know what that really means uh but i don't yeah. know what the title really means that's but, right uh, doesn't mean anything it yeah but it was a thing that happened and i think 
for a guy who's probably never been a heel his entire life, he did a pretty good job. I think more to me, it wasn't even the title change. It was the the fact that Hook stayed undefeated, and now he's not undefeated anymore. The title is is what it is. It's the it's a symbol of Taz Taz's past. Taz was you know, I would just say at work, Taz is upset after the match because Jack Perry won this match or whatever the case may be. So it's a link to that because obviously Taz has an emotional connection to this. His son had it now. His son has lost it to somebody that did him dirty. So, yeah, I appreciate the fact that Taz at least has the emotional attachment to it. To me, it was about Hook no longer being undefeated. Go ahead. Yeah, what about, like, the commission at the the promotion that – backs and certifies the FTW title. What about them? Well, you know, that's how you you roll the dice sometimes. I mean, oh, there isn't one? You mean it's just a made-up <laughs> belt that Taz started wearing? Like your cousin who's a little touched? You know, we did cardboard, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was just us. But another story for another time. I, dude, I get what you're saying. and I gave not, it to his kid. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying that in this scenario... To me, it was more about the hook losing the undefeated streak versus the FTW title. To me, it is what it is. Now you can have a little angle with that, have hook be in chase mode, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, more about Jack I'll Perry say, than I'll, anything yeah, else. Yeah, I'll say this. I like the match, and it was my favorite hook match thus far, by far. And I like, I am into this Jack Perry as a heel character. Yeah, I want to like, see where he goes. Yeah, and I think that he's. I think he's really feeling his oats. I think he's having fun with it, I like which the, is good to see. I like the the burial of Jungle Boy. Would it be too much that for him? Perfect. Would it be too much for him to come out to nine hundred two one zero music? Yes, <laughs> I, I think that's. I think that's. I think that's. God, that would be so heelish, though. He was called Hollywood Jack Perry. I think that would be a little bit of a push. That. No, if you want to call him Beverly Hills Jack Perry, then that's when you pull out the oh, 90210. That's what he should call himself. Like I said, I don't I don't mind it, but that's just me. I ain't got nothing to do with it. You know, I'm gonna sit back and laugh regardless. <laughs> he should have a he should have a submission move called the Beverly Hills 9021 hold. Ooh. <laughs> well played. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you was going with it, but I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. <laughs> well played. Go ahead, Three Beard Dude. What's next? That's good stuff. Um, then we had another MJF out of Cole vignette. Um, this is pretty funny, but uh, it was pretty short. And you're going to have to dive into it. Uh, but it sets up uh, for later. And uh, where they have Renee Paquette backstage with Adam Cole and MJF, you know, talking about the uh, the upcoming match. They've got matching ring jackets, which look pretty dope. And as they come out, MJF does the thing where he says, cut my music, and he points to the back like Scott Hall uh, for Adam Cole to come out. But then his music starts up, or what he thinks is his music starts up. Uh, and it turns out that Adam Cole had someone mash up their two scenes, and it was kind of a banger. Um, MJF's music is so douchey, and Adam Cole's music is so cool that it actually just really worked out pretty well. Uh, but um, yeah, they come out, uh, they have the match, uh, they do, they win with a double clothesline. The crowd goes nuts. Um, 
And then kind of the, the big story afterwards is Adam Cole goes to hand him Jeff's belt and Jeff catches him looking at it like a little bit too long. So they're kind of teasing this idea of a split. But, um, of course, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara, they came out with a fun entrance as well where uh, they did, did some dance moves and uh, Garcia stuck his head between Sammy Guevara's legs. It was a little silly, but... Um, Dude, I'll tell you what, you're not allowed to call yourself Spanish God if that's how you dance. Sorry, Sammy Guevara. Painful to watch. (laughs) Horrible. Oh, my God. Come on, dude. That motherfucker ain't doing the flamenco. No, not even close. (laughs) He was trying to do the electric slide. And horrible at it. I'm like, come on, man. Come on. Somebody needs to just pull him aside. He looks like my Uncle Gene from Josephville, and he's 89. Okay, and I'm sure Uncle Gene could do it better than what Sammy Guevara did on Wednesday night. That was painful to watch. Okay. Somebody said said this. don't lie, and then Chris Jericho said, I, I think those hips are fibbing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's really so good. They ended, up, uh, they ended up walking past him without even looking at him whenever he went out to console them after he was on commentary. So uh, that kind of the story there uh, is kind of a continued breakup of the Jericho Appreciation Society. So um, overall, uh, good match. Uh, typical expected results uh, and we're going to get uh, next week on Collision, MJF and Adam Cole versus FTR and uh, early predictions guys, you think they win the belt? No. No. I'm going to th- go with a hard maybe. I, Look at you. I think FTR, How's that fist sitting on your ass? I think FTR goes over and MJF and Adam Cole break up. Who turns on who? I think MJF turns on Cole. I agree with you. But, I mean, that seems to be kind of obvious right now, right? I mean, with the look that MJF... By the way, this, this match was cool. They did a lot of good storytelling in the post-match that didn't seem like it was jammed in there. Didn't seem like they crammed too much in in not, one space. It all, it all made sense. Yeah, Everything that happened there, I really liked... The young guys going past Jericho. I really like the interaction with Cole and MJF in the ring, and it all made sense. And it, I'm curious as to where it's going next. It's also like Don Callis is somewhere in it too. It's like, dare I say, it's like sometimes back in the Attitude Era when it was really clicking, where like everybody touched everybody just a little. Like there was like a chain going through the entire show where everybody was kind of connected, and right. that's what it feels like right now. I mean, AEW's in a good place. No, I agree with that. Um, just for this particular match, um, you knew who was going to win. It was just going to be the ride itself. Was the was the double clothesline going to be the end of the match itself? And obviously, it was. I mean, and like Three Beers said, that's for such a simplistic move. They got that that crowd just losing their goddamn minds. It was read. Ridiculous. I mean, look, I mean, I know I always say it, but like, look at the week of televised AEW we had this week. When we started this podcast, it was Raw and SmackDown. That's what we talked about. This week we had CM Punk was like, it's like the sixth or seventh biggest story of weekly television (laughs) as far as shit that I'm interested in. And I'm pretty interested in all of it. I mean, really, like it's. It's the embarrassment of riches. No, I agree. Um, I'm just glad that we're going to at least see the – well, let's let's put Tubier on the spot. Tubier, you said hard maybe. 
we all agree that somebody is going to turn on somebody. Who turns on who? I'm thinking that if it was me, I think that I'm calling Jeff thing is too good to end next week. I would have him beat FTR, and you might even take it to Wembley Stadium and have them because they already sold seventy thousand tickets. Like you don't need like a world heavyweight title match. Um, do them as like one of the the main or semi main or something because you're probably gonna have like a big Omega match to be like the big headliner anyway, or you know Okada Danielson um, again or something like that. Uh, so you don't really need MJF in a singles match. Um, just carry it on uh, into Wembley and maybe lose uh, there or something. I don't know. But uh, at the end of the day, um, I still think it's MJF turning on Cole. I would like to see it the other way around, but I don't actually see that. AEW is not going to play Wembley Stadium and not have their heavyweight championship defended. There is just no way. And that's where MJF and Adam Cole come in, and that's that's the Wembley, I would assume, I, I main think, event. I think that is the Wembley match. I think that's the title match. I don't know if it's the main event. It's the title match, though. Like, what's bigger that's, what, than, that's what we've kind of been expecting. I'm just saying, like, you already sold the tickets. Um, you know, <laughs> I know. Like, you ain't shit. But, <laughs> I get it. I mean, so, so how many teams we sold? Okay, now we gonna switch this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> rough uh, for you know, it's just it's, it's going good. So I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of it. But I'm with you. Realistically, it's probably what's gonna happen. All right. What was next? Uh, what was it? Uh, Blood and Blood guts. guts. Probably the next thing. Yeah. So oh, um, this was certainly a Blood and Guts match. Uh, pretty wild. Uh, there was some really just crazy stuff, some really fun stuff. Uh, Bed of Nails, which, you know, seems like, you know, it's like an old carnival thing, right? You, like, you lay on the bed of nails, but, you know, because of, like, just the nature of physics, you don't actually, like, go through them, or they don't go through you, rather, because you're spread out, and, like, the weight's spread out. But uh, whenever Moxley kicks, Omega into him, and then the bed of nails bounce back and then just rakes down his back. That physics, um, that doesn't work. Uh, he just had a whole bunch of nails raked down his back. Uh, but yeah, broken glass, thumbtacks, um, Nick Jackson, there's no hot tags in here, but he like does the run-in like, and like clears the whole thing. He's the best hot tag in the business. and He's the best like clear guy. Uh, in the business, that was awesome. Uh, you had Northern Lights duplexes, chains on top of the cage. Uh, you had pot coming off the, the top of the cage uh, and a stomp through a table. You have a blood and guts match with fucking bed of nails, and you had fans still chanting, we want tables. Uh, they obliged pretty immediately. Uh, fans started chanting, we want fire. Uh, which they did not oblige. Oh Y'all motherfuckers sit down. God damn. Yeah. I'm trying to torch up the uh, whole damn arena. Sit down. Shit. <laughs> yes, but a lot of good storytelling in here. I mean, they had to set up because uh, Mark Briscoe is injured, so they had to set up a new contender for Claudio. Um, and so they did that in this match uh, by having him and Pac have problems and Pac walking out. And then fucking <laughs> Don Callis does a total shit heel thing and he pulls his guy out. So then it's five on three. And um, yeah, this is absolutely brutal. I'd say the other big takeaway, um, man, Abushi for the first time in his life, looks his age. Uh, he still, like, looks look good, but 
lot of ring rust. Uh, and, but yeah, he, he looked his age, uh, in this one. And, um, yeah, just kind of what you would expect from Blood and Guts, an hour long, uh, war games match. And, uh, the ending was a little bit surprising having the heels surrender. It was kind of more like what you would expect from a baby face group. Uh, they were like fucking about to rip, uh, Wheeler Yuta's head off with a chain, <laughs> but uh, it was a very, yeah. very violent image. It really was. It, I say, I mean, don't sit up here and act like you was you worried for Will you You was probably like, oh yes, I, take his head off, no, fuck him up. That, no, I'm Holy shit, you guys don't know me at all. <laughs> Whatever, motherfucker. I'm just saying it was very violent. It was. It was an extremely violent image at the end. I was like, holy shit. It looked like they were killing him. It looked like they were going yeah. to kill him. So let me get this straight. I bet that scared some little kids. <laughs> I'm not even lying. <laughs> so let me get this straight. So the guy that has taken many, many a shot over Will Yuta that we have egged on. I'm just saying he's not forged in combat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he is, is now. There it is. Maybe he is now. <laughs> there it is. All right. I'll just making sure we ain't all lost our identities up in this motherfucker. He's gonna come out talking like Wolfman Jack. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna like okay. All right. Maybe he's a man now. They almost killed him. <laughs> they damn near killed him. Look, Joey. Uh, Joey asked. Are the heels, are the elite heels, or baby faces on our text thread? So I, I think this is a good time to answer that question. For me, I saw nothing wrong with what they were doing, especially leading up to this. In the immortal words of Alex Coughlin, now you can hit this. Fuck you. I had no problem trying to take that wheel's head off at this point, man. Fuck that. Y'all been running us down for weeks. Months for Pac, this for Kenny Omega and Pac. This has been going on for a hot minute. I didn't know that uh, Mark Briscoe was injured, so the Pac cardio thing, intriguing as it was, but when Pac left, I was like, okay, that's fucked up. And then that's when I was like, okay, right. I started to lose interest in the match because then him and Takeshita both I, left. I think you're completely missing my point. My point is, is that the way that it looked on television. Where where Wheeler Yuta's head was almost getting popped off by a chain with three guys pulling on it, I'm just saying that looks more violent than your standard re pro wrestling fare. That's the all name I'm saying. Of the match is called. I'm not even arguing. Like I don't know why you're trying to argue with me. I'm not. Look, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying. A, I'm surprised you're having this take. B, to me, the heels in this scenario are still the B BCC that just happened to have the numbers disadvantage, and the baby faces took advantage of the shit, and they tried I, to take Wheeler's head off. No problem. Fuck you. <laughs> I, think, I think you're talking. You're talking. You're talking kayfabe, though. I'm not talking kayfabe. All right. Anyway, I thought that in kayfabe style, Don Callis. <laughs> Coming and you know a He's lot of alive. times, a lot of times Damn. people leave their starters in way too long. <laughs> I appreciate Don Callis pulling his pitcher. Listen, there's no good that's going to come from you throwing one more pitch. Let's get you out of here, bud. No, live to fight another day. Like I said, 
when I saw it, and this is me just watching it, not knowing anything about Mark Briscoe, that's when I started to be like, okay, I'm getting pissed because now you see who's going to win. Now, looking back upon this, hearing this now, it totally makes sense, and I'm down for it. It Claudio and Pac is going to be a great match. I see why they have him clip out. What did the you chain. think of the match? What did you think about the way that Ibushi looked? Because Zach said he finally looks his age. Somebody else said this to me on um, on Twitter. He was like, you know, Ibushi looked horrible. You know, if this was someone's first time looking at Ibushi, you know they're going to be disappointed. He should have a one-on-one standout match. No, he really shouldn't because if this is what, the way he is, he has wing rust, he has extra weight on him, you need to keep him hidden in this scenario so that way he doesn't stand out. If you had him and John Moxley in a match right now, solo dolo, and the, and the way Three Beer is talking, that's not going to be a match that we want to see. Ultimately, we're going to get to this match. They had him in the spot where they could protect him. You can introduce him to those who clearly don't know who Kota Ibushi is because there's people who don't that have been living on the rock for the last decade, neither here nor there. Now you can introduce him slowly but surely. For this scenario, I thought he was fine. I did not think he was going to come out and be Kota Ibushi that won back-to-back G1s. We haven't really seen him wrestle, so he's going to be slow, and he's going to have that extra weight. He's going to have to work himself into ring shape, and the only way you do that is to have matches. I think when Zach said that he looks his age, I think he's talking about his face. Cause that dude needs a facelift. He his just skin used to be so taut around those perfect cheekbones, that perfect bone structure. You know, it's just sagging just a little bit. Get that shit pulled back up, man. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying he, I'm saying, yeah, he looks his age. I agree with Zach. Listen, there's no way that the Bushi was going to come in and please anybody. It was all for those of us that have watched him in G ones and watched him have, uh, you know ring classics uh there was no way he was going to come in and do anything in a match like this that was going to be for us to be able to look at him and be like see that's what we were talking about and you can't introduce him in a one-on-one match because he like zach said he probably got has some ring rust and also i think that there's a bit of fatigue with casual watchers, you know, probably some of our listeners. I'm not going to criticize anybody for not knowing Abushi. That's what you got us for, guys. We're here to fill you in on stuff. Abushi <laughs> rules. Um but for for those that had never seen him, like they're like they're probably like, "Man, they're introducing another guy. Here comes another guy." Right. The only person that could live up to anything would have to be like if they would have had Vikingo in a spot like this and Vikingo comes out and starts doing his fucking 640s off the middle rope and landing on dudes outside of the ring and shit like that and him doing like inverted gainer plexes and whatever, it's like he could probably blow you off the map if anybody had never seen it before. Like that first match I watched him with after I talked a bunch of shit. And it, was like him, <laughs> it was him versus Phoenix, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> 
Uh, I, I, it was cool seeing the Bushi on American television, though. It was cool that he got a big spot. He did the Jeff Hardy thing where he didn't run down to the ring when his guys needed him. He just kind of walked out and kind of took his time. Don't you worry about it, fellas. I'll be there in a second. <laughs> that one time Jeff Hardy came back and he just danced, danced down the, the ring. Grab <laughs> like, dude, your brother's getting worse. Yeah. Get your ass down so there. he's got a knife to Matt's throat. <laughs> right? He's not saying, hang on. Let me get everybody to do All right. So. Jeff Hardy's uh, back, baby. <laughs> so next week is MJF and Adam Cole versus FTR. Yeah, collision. Uh, three beers said that that should be. So that's. I would that's, assume that's the main event. So that's three nights from tonight. Two nights yeah. from tonight. Yeah. Oh fuck. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else to say about AEW? Um. Actually, yeah. One. Um. I, I gotta say this because Sharif sent me this via um, Facebook Messenger. This Britt Baker, um, Kayla Sparks match, 66 seconds. Um, it just reaffirms what I said at this point. Let's let's not fuck around. If you're going to have matches like this, let's not even have a women's division. I mean, let's just do it. You know, don't, don't throw shit out there just because you have to throw it out there. If Tony Khan's this big, you know, smart businessman let's not waste everybody else's time and your money on a division that you don't care about just end it tony storm can find work elsewhere everybody else will be fine let's just move along because at this point this is just ridiculous yeah i don't necessarily agree with that i mean they you, you just... said you didn't care you, and does that say in the same comment that the general public really doesn't care about women's wrestling on the on the American side. We're not talking about Star or anything like that. We're talking AEW. We're talking WWE. More specifically, in this case, we're talking AEW. You both kind of just dismissed the shit that I said two weeks ago and basically was like, you know what? Nobody really cares about women's wrestling. We can move on from this. So let's just move on. Well, I mean, I like Ruby Soho versus Will Nightingale. Okay. I like, kind of making my point. But. I like Willow Nightingale versus Julia. I like Britt Baker. Just put her in a story that's just not catty chicks. I'm not saying get rid of the whole division. Okay. That, clearly now now you're kind of coming back from the statement two weeks ago, but that's okay. Yeah, man, I'm all over the place. You, you I don't remember what I said. You, you want to uh, go ahead and stick to that statement where you, you still don't care about the yeah, uh, Zach, women's answer, wrestling? Answer the question. Women, are they good? I, I don't think this show is any worse not having women's wrestling on it. There's too many guys on there, too, that are, like we talk about all the time, there's just too many people who need opportunities. And, like, I'm, I'm not, like, gauging, like, ratios or, like, uh, sitting there with a stopwatch seeing how long the women's matches are compared to the men's matches. Uh, and maybe that's wrong. It's just not – I just watched the show. Uh, like, but, like, you know, WWE does pretty good. Like, last week they had the old uh, – Rhea Ripley and Maddie match that was awesome. Maybe that was two weeks ago. That was a ripping hot match. Um, they should do that more often in AEW uh, if they want to generate interest in the women's division, but it just doesn't seem like a priority um, for them. And I just, I don't enjoy the show any less for them not having women's wrestling as much. All right. You heard it there first or second. Uh, anything else to say? Nah. Let's get to that three count. I pissed enough people off for that. <laughs> uh, I'm not one of them. Not making me mad. I might have made. I might have made people mad. 
No, I was about to say, I think this that's a polarizing. Oh, no, it's polarizing. It's either you agree with you or me. I mean, both of you guys. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, man. All right. All right, man. That's it. <laughs> Zach Next caught half of it. For you. Zach caught half of it. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> let's talk about WWE. And I think the big news this week is WWE uh, Dom in NXT wins the North American Championship. From Wes Lee. Jason, did you see the match? What do you think about the title change? I did see the match. I saw it this uh, morning slash afternoon. I think it was this morning. It doesn't matter. Um, I was genuinely surprised. I, I caught on spoilers, so I knew what was going to happen. But even still, just watching it unfold, it was it's classic Judgment Day, and that's what I was looking for. How was it going to happen? And Dominic wins in classic Chicken shit, Dominic heel fashion. Everybody else does a distraction. Rio hits Wesley with the belt, and now you get the pin. The question for me is this: Solo Sokoa was the NA, or the uh, the North American champion before he was called up, and he had to drop the title. Now my question is: Dom is the champion. Great American Bash is two weeks from now. It's at the end of the month. Is Dom going to be the champion? going into this my that's the only thing outside of that you know me i love the fact that dominic mysterio has a title if 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 it's even for two weeks it's just going to be a great fun ride for two weeks to watch him just clown as being a a champion for two weeks him and tony uh d'angelo had that backstage you know uh interaction when he was like you know so and so you know from the yard says what's up he's like oh yeah bobby yeah good guy and it just that's I love the whole Dominic Mysterio heel turn. They've done it well. And this is, to me, right now, is the cherry on top of the cake. Zach? Uh, I did not get to watch this. Um, I will. uh, But um, this is just uh, too much example of too much wrestling, not enough time. But I do love that he won. Uh, I think uh, this is maybe getting ahead of ourselves in the the three count. But... uh, I think Finn Balor should win against Seth Rollins, and then there's three out of the four judgments. They have a belt, and one has money in the bank. Uh, that seems like a pretty excellent setup um, to some stories for me. I'm on the exact same wavelength. That was the question that I was going to ask you guys next. Does this make it more likely for Finn Val- Balor to win at SummerSlam off of Seth Rollins? I'm saying I'm going to still say no. I, I think there's still story story for Seth to tell. Cody, they tease Cody. A few weeks back, and it was still about Brock Lesnar coming out, but Cody came out, and Seth was in the ring, and Cody's undefeated against Seth, and Seth's a champion. I'm not saying that's where they're going, but I think there's a, there's more of a story. There's meat on this bone for Seth Rollins' story, so I'm going to say no. Zach, do you think that Finn's going to win at SummerSlam? Uh, early prediction, yes. My early prediction is yes, too. I think that they kind of – have the bug now they were like they're watching this bloodline thing play out and they're like you know what this is really paying off for us and this is some long-term storytelling and they can get a lot of weeks of television out of damian priest and finn finn balor being champ and damian priest being in his squad and having the belt there there they have options there is a lot of story that they can tell with that and i think that they want to and listen and I love the idea of that team being draped in gold, like Zach said. Three champions and the money in the bank, that's fun. Uh, uh, 
if if it wasn't so if it wasn't so close if it wasn't so close to the bloodline, I would say I would love it too. And I, I'm not saying if it happens, I'm not going to be, you know, pissed about it. You know, I th- I like Judgment Day. I thought I still say Triple H deserves a lot of credit from turning them around from a joke under the the Vince regime to now who where they are right now. I just like I said, for me, it's it's not even really about Judgment Day. It's about Seth Rollins, and I think there's more stories to tell, more matches to have as him as this champion. You know, I love the diversity in Judgment Day. You have uh, just a small, angry Irish dude. Uh, you have a big, tall, fucking huge Puerto Rican guy. Uh, you have, like, an Amazonian-Australian uh, dominatrix, and then you have, like, a fucking pretty tall Mexican, like, cholo dude. And But, like, all of them are now talking, like, in Spanish, which I think is hilarious, because, like, cause they're, like, been Irish, Rhea's Australian, but, like, their gimmick is that, like, they talk Spanish to each other. Or, I don't know. I just really appreciate that. I think that they have crazy chemistry, and it is really... I mean, basically what you're saying is what I'm about to say is that they are a ragtag group. They do not look like they make sense together on paper before this happened at all. And now this is kind of becoming career. It's, I mean, is it career defining for Finn Balor in his WWE run? Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. This is, he's doing the best work he's ever done. Yeah, as a heel. Yeah, like since he got the WWE and Rhea is, you know, on track to be an all timer. You know, if she can stay healthy, she is going to be She's twenty six. Yeah. I know I know. Like the She's already done everything there is to do except did she win money in the bank, I don't think she did that. Uh no. But she hasn't needed to because she's won both titles and the World Rumble. Um has she been and I I know this is just, you know, completely off the rails. But has she been uh, tag team champion with anybody? I want to say no. Mm, asking the unimportant question. Has she re- no, has she no, made no, a no, no, WrestleMania? Okay, that was the two things because I wanted. It's to me, it's like triple crown shit. You know, you you got to yeah, be yeah, both yeah. champions, and then you got to be the tag team champions to be like the triple crown. That would like really start to set her above. You know the natties of the world. No disrespect to natties, or I'd like Nikki to see her fight a- dudes. Ash, that was a champion that nobody really remembers until somebody throws her up. I would love to see her fight men. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised. That's next. Like I wouldn't mind seeing her go with, like the Intercontinental or something, as long as Gunther doesn't have it. Yeah, I was getting ready to say I don't think we want to see Gunther versus. But if it Rhea goes Ripley to somebody, right if it goes to somebody like my, uh, Mustafa Ali or something at one point, like I could see her wrestling guys like that. Okay, I can I'm see not- her wrestling Finn Balor. Wow, damn, we talking about a serious Judgment Day breakup at at some God point. Damn, I think- what about that for WrestleMania? Is that just a mega high thought? Something that can never happen. Finn uh, no. Balor versus. Now it's, it's Rhea gonna, Ripley. Rhea Ripley is going to wrestle a man. It's just right for me. Once again, Rhea Ripley has a story to tell and has nothing to do with intergender wrestling. So is Sokoa had been my vote, but that's just me. Okay, um, we had 
a triple threat match. They are having uh, to see who faces for the U.S. title. They're having two triple threat matches, and the winners are facing next. Are there? There's a triple threat match next week too. So this week we had AJ versus Butch versus Pablo Escobar or Pablo Escobar. Sorry, Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck is his name? Hold on, Santos. Escobar. Santos Escobar. I really did write P. Esk. And I wasn't even high when I did it. Santos Escobar and Grayson Waller. Uh, Santos Escobar goes over. So he is facing the winner of next week, or tomorrow night, Mysterio, Sheamus, Cameron Grimes, and L.A. Knight. Who wins that tomorrow to face Santos Escobar to see who faces Austin Theory? Uh, I'll go first. I, I said L.A. Knight was going to end up winning this U.S. title, and I think this is the way we're doing it. Um, for the guys that are, we're setting up next week's um, match, Fatal 4-Way, three guys had tape promos, but one guy had a live promo in front of the crowd, and that was L.A. Knight. I think they're already kind of hinting that he's at least winning that. He and Santos – I think if I'm not mistaken, they were both, yeah, they were both in the Money in the Bank. So that's a Money in the Bank rematch. Austin Theory is is really starting to feel like he's just holding this title, waiting for L.A. Knight to take it off of him. L.A. Knight is white hot. If it wasn't for the bloodline and maybe uh, Cody, um, Seth, now we start talking L.A. Knight. I think it's L.A.'s night time to go ahead and take this off of uh, Austin Theory, and then you just have to figure out what you do with Austin's Theory from that point. What do you think, Zach? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Austin Theory, um, you know, he's not, he's not done, like, a bad job or anything. He just is not getting over. Like, they, they put him over Cena at WrestleMania, and they have him with the title, and L.A. Knight, they just beat all the time, and he's so over. It's just one of those things, man. It's just uh, it's not working with the crowd. Like, he's, like Theory needs something else. Something with his gimmick. He's got to do something else. Um, but L.A. Knight's hot right now. Um, I did think it was interesting that the Street Profits were waiting outside for somebody to come pick him up, and it was Lashley, and then they got in the car with Lashley, and that's all they did. Um. That's interesting to me. I are they? Uh, what's going on with them, Jason? You know them, right? Yeah, uh, actually, I, I told Bobby to make sure he was on time, just so that way, you know, we can keep the uh, the CPT thing to a to bare minimum. Um, I don't know. I guess it's this her business two point is what everybody is saying. I, I got to see it, man. Because I mean, for me. I won't sit here and say that, you know, belabor the fact they shouldn't broke up the first go-around. Street Profits as a heel group would be intriguing. Bobby Lashley going back and forth from face to heel leading up to uh, WrestleMania doesn't help. But if you bring MVP in and Omos as the heavy, I think that's something you can work with. Bloodline is gone, and Judgment Day can't be on both shows. This is a good time. If you're going to do it, it makes sense. So, well, it, why not? I'm glad that you mentioned MVP there because, Zach, I'm going to ask you, is the Hurt, if they got the Hurt business back together without MVP, 
just Lashley and the Street Profits, would that actually be the Hurt Business? Or do you need MVP to be the Hurt Business? Um, I don't think you need MVP to be the Hurt Business, but, I mean, he certainly enhances it. I'm intrigued to see where that goes. Um, kind of a uneventful Raw. I mean, it was a good Raw. It was a hot crowd. Looks like Ciampa... It looked like they were doing a Nakamura, Bronson Reed, uh, Ricochet feud, three-way feud, but Ricochet got peeled off into Logan Paul, so it looks like Tommaso Ciampa is getting uh, added into that little three-way feud they got going there. That's cool with me. Ciampa gets some play. Nakamura, heel turn. It is, it, to me, it's more Bronson Reed and, and Ciampa are the two guys that I'm, you know, I want to focus on between that. Nakamura is kind of what he is at this point. You know, I think we we saw his ceiling, and then now from this point, we kind of, you know, plug him in where it needed. It it makes sense now as you say that you just peeled uh, Ricochet away from this. You got to have a baby face, the baby face obviously being uh, Ciampa. So, you know, at this point, we'll see what happens. I just hate the fact that they call them, call Bronson Reed, big Bronson Reed. You know, Stevie Wonder can see Bronson Reed's big. I mean, come on, just fucking book him strong. That's all you really need to do. Zach. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So, (laughs) moving on, I guess we'll just go, I mean, Cody Brock, nothing. Gunther versus Riddle. Gunther put him away pretty easy. We had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio in the main event for the belts. And, guys, this one was fun. Real fun. What you think of it, Zach? I'm sorry. My wife was talking to me. What was the main event that you're talking about? Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Damian Priest and Dom. Oh, yeah. This is super fun. Um, I love just- – even though it's always funny that you're always like, oh, you didn't have an idea for the main event until Kevin Owens got mad in the middle of the show. It's still a fun <laughs> gimmick that he just, like, Sammy, like, knows what he's going to do. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. And he's like, here. And he just hands him the microphone and um, he goes off. But, uh, yeah, this was absolutely fun. I didn't expect him to win, but I did think, I was like, oh, well, like, eventually, I was like, this could be the, the people to take the titles off of them. Because, I mean, they've held them for, this is, you know, half a year. But I do like to defend them on TV because they're super over, they're great wrestlers, and it's nice to have some tag title matches on TV every now and then. Jason. Um, didn't, I agree with you. Didn't expect them to win, but then I didn't expect Tom to win the title, or the North American title the next night. I just expected, you know, this to be more about KO and Sammy, you know, just adding to their uh, title legacy. I don't think we're at the point where we're going to ask the question who beats KO and Sammy, but we're getting there. You know, WrestleMania wasn't that long ago, but it's slowly but surely getting that further and further away. You know, um, SummerSlam's creeping up here in a little bit, so they have at least gone from one major pay-per-view to the other. That being said, I thought this match was good. I thought the match that might have been a little better depending on what you like was Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. Um, not a huge fan of the feud, but I thought the physical match itself I thought was one of the best matches of the weekend. 
of the week. I'll and, go that far. And I'm glad that the Viking Raiders, I'm glad that they booked them to win they Viking should. rules their, matches. Yeah, I was going to say, it's their match. <laughs> they better win that shit. What the fuck? How you going to lose your own step match? Like, I don't expect them to beat Alpha Academy at, like, Greco-Roman style wrestling, like where you get points and stuff. If it was Jeopardy, I would expect the Viking Raiders to lose. And I lose would like to see part. Chad Gable and Otis actually wrestle each other, though, like amateur style wrestling, because they okay. were both yeah, super fucking good. Yeah, that, that would be fun to watch. But no, th- that's the other match that I wanted to talk about. Um, really, outside of that, it wasn't really much going on on no, Raw. They're kind of the, a, the they're, women's title switch is the other thing. Um Chelsea and uh, Sonya defeat Liv and Raquel for the titles. Um, Setting up Raquel versus Rhea at, at SummerSlam. SummerSlam. So, yeah, I was wondering if the, how they were going to do that. They teased it uh, the last week or whatever with a stare down this week <laughs> where Liv once again starts, you know, talking shit and Rhea just yocks her and then attacks uh, Raquel. I thought that was the funny shit. I think they both end up being uh, – title contenders to Rhea, and that's why I'm saying about Rhea Ripley facing men, it's going to be a little bit. We got to get to that point to where she runs through the division right, first. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's if that happens, that's way far down the road. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, so WWE proper is in, you know, they're in their pre-SummerSlam thing. They're moving up slowly, so not a whole lot more going on there, so that's going to do it for our three count. All right, we got some predictions. So the sto- the standings are Jason's in the lead right now with 30. Bill's got 28, and Zach's got 27. Still anybody ball- anybody's balling. Uh, you know, I'm just doing my thing. Just grinding like I do in real life and predictions, baby. So, just put points on the board. Not only is there a rampage, not only is there a must-see collision, not only is there SmackDown or Raw, not only is there five nights of G1, but they decide to throw in an ROH pay-per-view this week. <laughs> Keep your motherfuckers on your toes, baby. That's okay. So Death Before death before Dishonor is this Saturday night. So, uh, okay, we have Mogul Embassy for the ROH six-man titles. Mogul Embassy versus Master Wado, Taguchi, and Leon Ruffin. Jason, who you got? Whoa, okay. This is <laughs> apparently this is probably going to happen tonight. Um, I'm going to take the embassy. I think this is it has to be in this scenario. Um, a lot of people, I'm not sure who watches ROH, but for me, they're that team ahead of the Lucha Brothers because we haven't seen the Lucha Brothers in a while. There's a team that we see defend the tiles. They feel like the most dominant six-man team in ROH. So yeah. Uh, good to see, you know, my New Japan guys come over, throw in uh, Leon Ruff as uh, <laughs> that's a name I haven't heard in a hot minute. <laughs> but neither here nor there. Uh, I'm going to take the embassy for the win. Zach, who you got? Uh, I got the embassy. I can't imagine a ragtag group of uh, guys, even if it is the uh, junior, uh, the new junior potential ace uh, winning the the three, the three. Hey, titles, man! So. I was about to say we got a former North American champion in that mix, man. You better put that. Mix so respect. And what happened last time? We put a belt around his waist, <laughs> fell down to his ankle. <laughs> I got the Mogul Embassy. Also, we have the Righteous. I don't know who they are versus Dark Order. The Righteous have Stu Grayson in them, so I guess there was some sort of split. Dark Order, um, probably on a show that 
they just let Dark Order wrestle and they tell them it's going to be on YouTube, but they probably don't air it. So, uh, Jason. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, that is not the case. There was a story to be told. Stu Grayson was having problems with the Dark Order, the Righteous being um, Dutch and Vincent uh, from the ROH before it uh, closed down. Uh, before the pandemic or whatever the case may be, Stu Grayson has now come over to their side. So they're a trio. They're called basically the Righteous. I'm sure. I'm not sure that Stu Grayson is going to be on that side long enough or not. Versus the Dark Order being uh, Silver Reynolds and Evil Uno. So that's the basically the setup for this. The, hey man, look man, don't be mad because I watch it all. Um, in this scenario, it's a coin flip. I'm going to take the Righteous. It feels like. It would be a good time to establish them as the ROH team. Um, Dark Order bounces here from there. We can run this back at some point. I'm going to give them round one to the Righteous. Okay, I'm taking the Dark Order. Uh, I do think that they give Dark Order. They like they're like, hey guys, this is on a Tuesday night blackout. Uh, go ahead and get out there and wrestle. And they're like, don't we get a referee? And they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, we're taping it. Don't worry about it. We'll say what I have to say. I'll take the Dark Order. You got Zach. The equivalent of like handing your little brother a controller that's not plugged into the console. <laughs> oh yeah, you're doing great. Uh, I got uh, righteous. Uh, I think Dark Order's going to keep taking L's until they do something with them. Uh, you know, they were losing to the Elite. They lost Hangman. Uh, I think they're just going to kind of keep getting beat down until they do something. Maybe it's a heel turn or they change names or something. I don't know. Samoa Joe versus Dalton Castle for the TV championship. Who you got, Jason? No, you know what? I'll go first here. I'm taking Samoa Joe. Jason. Well, damn. That answers my first question because that was going to be the ROH um, finals, Shane Taylor versus Dalton Castle. I kind of thought it would be Dalton Castle. I was hoping Shane Taylor would be either here nor there. At that point, um, I would still take Samoa Joe. I just not met, not much meat on this bone as TV champion, but I did, I, did, I would be hard pressed to see him losing to Dalton Castle. I'd have to see a way that Dalton Castle takes advantage of an injury. You know, Samoa Joe, you know, busts his head open, something like that. Dalton te- takes advantage of that. Outside of that, I, I'm going to take Samoa Joe. Zach. I got that fat ass in the with Joe. <laughs> you ain't shit, man. Damn. It's gonna be a low, low. It'll be a low key banger though. This will be a good match. Yeah, I think all, all bullshit aside, Dalton Castle can go. I just think it's still Samoa Joe's time to run the belt. But I also think will be a good match is Shibata versus Daniel Garcia for the Pure Championship. Shibata is the current title holder. Zach, who you got? I think Shibata retains. I think it's good to have him hold that for a while. And, uh, you know, Daniel Garcia losing the Shabbat is not a big deal. Um, Daniel Garcia is one of the future dudes, uh, but it's not there yet. Jason? Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with uh, Three Beer on this one. I like Shabbat. I like the fact that they're just, they're keeping him as champion, but he's he doesn't wrestle a lot. And that's a good thing. I, you know, him coming back to wrestle to begin with is, you know, an amazing accomplishment to begin with. The fact that now he's champion is even better. So 
we want to keep him, you know, healthy as long as humanly possible to have good matches in it. This being a pure wrestling match should be one of the better matches on the card. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Man, Garcia's just getting better and better, and being in matches like this are going to make him better. I got Shibata retaining. Um, to kind of piggyback off of Zach's point, like, Garcia's not going to be a difficult... It's weird because he's this young, but it really doesn't feel like these losses are hurting him that much. It seems like they put a lot of faith in him. And also, I th remember when they almost turned him babyface and they kind of balked at the last minute? Mm -hmm. I think the crowd's, like, ready to cheer for him, and that dance thing is going to get over. And he is Gross. he is going to be a big-time babyface for them in the near future. Yeah, uh, you, you said it, and I think we were talking about Stone Cold where – you got to have a good heel run before you have a good babyface run. Stone Cold Rock, I'm not saying that Daniel Garcia is going to be in that same vein, but he, you, he's having a really good heel run. I would like to see him as a champion, mid-card champion, have him be a run with that, and then if you want to flip him. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I think your boy, Adam Cole, baby, might be the first to legitimately be someone that could take the title off of, but that's another story for another time. Okay, uh, we have in a four-way match for the ROH tag titles. So you're going to need to give me least to most. Uh, we have the current champions, Lucha Brothers versus The Kingdom versus Best Friends versus Aussie Open. Jason, you're up first. Son of a bitch. Um, let's go Best Friends, least likely. Um, kind of no direction, unfortunately is what it is um <sighs> kingdom could sneak in but i'm not going to do it i'll go kingdom three aussie open two because i think they're still the arguably a, a tag team titled contender of the year if they win this you really have a contention for that but i'll stick to the guns um conservatively i'll go Lucha brothers to, to retain the titles but i think this should be a banger ass match uh i have Best friends last. I have the Kingdom second to last. I have Lucha Brothers second to most. I have Aussie Open winning it here. Speaking of Teflon, uh, the Lucha Brothers are fucking Teflon because everybody wants to watch them wrestle no matter what. Uh, I think, yeah, they're going to reward Aussie Open by putting some belts on them right away. So, yeah, I got Aussie Open. What do you got, Zach? I had the exact same as you, Bill, and uh, yeah, this will probably be the best match of the night. Yeah, I think this is really, I mean, we're marking all four down, but it's really who do you think is going to win, Lucha Brothers or Aussie Open? I mean, but um, so that makes sense. Uh, we have Athena versus Willow Nightingale for the ROH Women's Championship. I'll go first here. I... Whew. Uh, I will, I'll go with Athena here. Uh, maybe make Willow chase it a little bit because she is over with the crowd. The crowd does like her. Uh, Jason, who you got? Said that Willow winning the Owen Hart tournament, you have to do something with it. This would be the time to do it. Against my better judgment, I'm going to go ahead and pick the upset. I'm going to take Willow to upset Athena to win the ROH championship. I'll be really surprised they do that. For me right now, Athena is across the board the women's wrestler of the year. 29 wins, losing up to the point of losing to Willow. Um, basically just 
romping through ROH like it, it, she owes, uh, everybody owes her some money. So if you want to do it, this is the time to do it. You built up the title, you built up Athena, and here's Willow in a chance to where you want to make her a big time baby face. This is the chance to do it. I'm going to take Willow. Zach, who you got? I like that. Um, I hope it's true. Uh, I am going to pick Athena, though, just because Willow beat her last time to set it up. And um, I don't know. I I really do hope. I'm, I'm kind of like going against my heart here, but I'm going to go with Athena. All right. And then last but not least, certainly not least, we have Claudio Castagnoli versus the Bastard Pack. I believe it's Zach's turn to go first. Zach, who you got? Uh, I think it's going to be a great match, but considering it was uh, booked last night, basically, uh, <laughs> it's definitely going to be Claudio. Uh, this is just one of those things where, I mean, you could do the upset, not even an upset, you could do, like, the surprise thing and, like, uh, but um, I don't know that Mark was losing or was going to win the title either. I think, you know, Claudio's, uh, they got him pretty solidly there. Uh, I don't know who he, who he loses that to. Um, it's just tough because ROH is just such like a, a distant third in American wrestling, um, and that's just American wrestling. It's like it's like fifth on the list of things that I'm watching, um, and which means I just basically never watch it. So uh, I don't know weird i think they probably would have had eddie kingston in that spot if he if he wasn't asked to be the g1 Circle gets they probably would have had eddie kingston in there and they probably would have had eddie winning so i think i think eddie's the one to take it off him when he gets back yeah it's like why was this mad why was this pay-per-view not even on my radar really jason who you got i uh, i think you gotta go claudio on this one um if it wasn't eddie kingston Mark Briscoe was your probably your second best bet, and I still really wasn't sure if Mark Briscoe was going to win it. Then obviously, uh, throw, uh, three beer throws that shit out there where he's uh, Mark Briscoe's hurt. Pac takes his place. Now everything makes sense. It's going to be a really good match. Um, Pac is one of the strongest guys, pound for pound, and he's going to give Claudio all kinds of fits. But yeah, I would be very surprised if Claudio drops the title tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, my initial thought was, well, Claudio was going to beat Mark anyway, so he's going to beat Pack. And then I kind of started thinking about it. I was like, man, I don't know. Death Before Dishonor is one of their biggest shows. That might be the time Mark never lost his tag titles, you know, so him getting a title shot would make sense in a kayfabe sense. And uh, I don't know. It would have made sense to put it on Mark Briscoe, I think. I don't think it's going to be packed, though. I think that Claudio wins this. I'm going to watch the hell out of this match, though. I mean, there's so much fucking wrestling. But I am, go going, I am going to <laughs> watch the hell out of that match. Very, very fun pay-per-view. So, uh, you know, a lot of the same picks there. Uh, not all, too much, uh, by the way, of variety. But we will be talking about it next week. So... Oh, see, I was trying to be all smooth and turn that down and then wait till it was done, but it was still going. Well, so basically, the the roadcaster just looked at me and said, Fuck you. 
<laughs> I ain't done. All right, everybody. Uh, we got some birthdays this week. We got uh, Adam Rose is 44. Gianno Vinci is 33. The Fabulous Moolah, RIP, would have been 100. David Von Erich, mm. RIP, 65. HBK is 58. Fandango is 42. Kenny King is 42. Akira Tozawa is 38. How do you think Akira Tozawa would do in the G1? <laughs> I don't think he weighs enough, man. He's going to have to be in uh, BSOJ. Okay, I'd watch that too. Uh, he's 38. Tory Wilson is 48. Zach Sabre Jr. is 36. Angelo Dawkins is 33. Finn Balor is 42. Roderick Strong is 40. And Marty Skrull is 35. Roddy Strong and Speedball, if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube. Pretty dope. Hey, everybody. I know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for Aaron the Wife, for Check. Amelia the Cat, for Zane the Cat, for Reba the Dog, Check. for Ed the May the Baby, for Double Vice, Check. for Tender Mahal, for... Check. Uh, the event fighting for Allison last week. Double check. Uh, great job, Tender Mahal. For Tender Mahal, for Murray the Merryman Murray. For check. Patriot Pat. Check. Black Lives Matter. Check. Uh, support your local weed dealers. Check. Support your local restaurants. Double check. Uh, that, guy. that guy. Oh, for Two Beers, Zach Pullman. Check. For Jason Cornelius Bell, Bell, I'm Bill Baggy and Boo the Heels. Boo, bitch. Really lost my train of thought <laughs> I was there. like, that guy, that guy. <laughs>